under authority, that we're not just doing what we're wanting to do and stuff, but that we've got people who are watching over what we're doing and what we're saying here as well. Uh, we have elders and leaders that do that in a local level. I do think it's important that we have a larger vision for what God is doing in the churches in the area as well. And um, a lot of it's good. And some of it is it's like, okay, you know, we need to buckle up a little bit here. So one of the things that were being brought up um, by Tim Ashley, and he was talking about as leaders in your churches in the area, what are you doing to prepare your people for the coming times? And a lot of it had to do with COVID and the issue there. And I don't like looking at COVID per se. I like to look what's behind it, which is fear. And this is an issue of fear, either controlling and motivating us and pushing us or pulling us in a certain direction, or it's the voice of faith. And there is a huge difference. And sometimes it seems like they could be kind of close, kind of pragmatic or whatever it might be and stuff. But there is a huge difference. And one of the big things that jumped out to me, one of the brothers was sharing that there was a certain young man, maybe in his middle ages, I don't know, was in their congregation. And he'd been there for a while. And he made this statement to one of the pastors he says, like, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of the Lord. And he had been inside of a church for a long time, apparently. And that kind of put me in my tracks when I heard that, because I felt the Lord saying, you've got to make sure that the people here, that you and Phil and John and Bobby look over, know what the voice of the Lord is. It's going to be increasingly significant and important that you guys can distinguish between his voice, okay, and the world. His voice and the enemy's voice. His voice and what the world is saying. His voice and even sometimes your conscience. Do you know sometimes your conscience can be pretty evil? It's got to be sprinkled with the blood of the Lord to make it clean and pure. Because it can just keep going on and on and reminding you over and over again of the things you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And that's why sometimes people go cuckoo and try to shut their conscience off. The conscience is not the Lord. He's high above that. And everything that we hear concerning hearing the Lord is in his word. If it strays from that, it's not. So that's why it's so important as you guys are in here and you're hearing me, that you are getting into his word every day. Oh, that sounds like too much. It can be. Just do it for like 30 seconds and build up from there. Go to 35 seconds the next day. I don't care. Start somewhere. Just start. He will give you the power to go 36 seconds the next day. <laughs> this voice is good. So that really struck a nerve with me. And they spoke of another story where there was a, a younger man. He's a Christian. And he was going to have to make a decision in his life. And 
he felt like he should be doing a certain thing, staying with his job that he wanted. But in order for him to keep his job, he's going to have to do a certain something he didn't want to do. And at the end of it, I believe the decision was that I've got too many brand new cars and I got a brand new expensive house and all these other things. And he got pushed in that direction. Okay, to do the thing that he knew he shouldn't have been doing in order to keep his job. And I'm not saying, and you know what I'm talking about right here. If you got ears to hear, you know what I'm talking about. I think the bottom line, and we have explained this from the leadership before, whatever you do has got to be in faith. Okay? If it's not faith, it is sin. That's clear in Romans. That is very clear from the Lord. So whether you take a vaccine or whether you don't take it, that's horrible grammar, by the way. <laughs> like Popeye for a second. Just erase that. Who's ever back there? Thanks. Jeez. Uh, the humility. All right. Yes. Whether you take it or whether you don't, it has got to be in faith. And I believe everyone here understands it. We've talked about that so many times. And I want to just give you guys an attaboy and atta girl. You guys have done so well in this department. Because there's a lot of churches out there. It's just like they are spinning their wheels. And I spoke to a brother down in Georgia where that's going on in their church right now. It's like not quite getting to the area of a split. But it's to the point of if you are not going to wear a mask. I'm not coming back until everyone does. And on the other side, no one should be wearing masks. We should have complete belief and faith in God. So if you're wearing a mask, you have no faith, brother. And they're both going the opposite ways. And I don't think any of them are hearing God. Okay? It's not about COVID. It's about hearing His voice. And not being influenced by fear. Okay, we had to get that out of the way because that was a lot of what we talked about. It really was. And one of my concerns for this group here is that you do understand and that you do know His voice. Let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 10. I'll be reading out of the New King James, John chapter 10. Starting in verse 2, Jesus speaking, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Notice that each one is called by name. Intimacy. And he leads them out. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. 
I'm not going to give names and stuff, but I was doing something this week where I observed this cute little kid. I mean, just cute as a button. And he was running around doing cute little kid things. And, and I was up there doing my officiating over a wedding. And I remember during the rehearsal part of it, this kid just starts walking away and keeps walking away. And I hear the dad's voice, blah, 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 come back. And the kid just looks, goes a little bit faster. So I go, oh boy, here we go. Where's Larry Pons when he did him? And then the mom, she's like, blah, 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 come back. And all of a sudden, I don't know if there's something just because of her voice or the pitch. He just goes in a full-out sprint. Two years old and just like, you know, not very fast, but man, he's moving. And she is running up. He's going down a hill now onto the road. And you're like, I, don't, I can't even see where they're going after a while. And this reminded me here in chapter 4. That it's not the sheep who go up first. It's Jesus. And it's us not leading the parade. He is. He's out in front. And that's important. That we not be like that little blah blah who's just in a full out sprint, probably having a great time and stuff. Maybe he's thinking. But I know deep down after having four kids and I know myself in some ways that there is that part of us that still does not want to listen. They go, oh, yeah, I'll come back when I'm good and ready. And there he goes. And eventually she did catch him. He didn't get hurt. Is he the one that found that little hole, honey? She shakes her head yes. Which means I am in trouble later on. So it's okay. Verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers, plural. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. And Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Part of the warning in my heart, but it's a good indication that if the peace of the Holy Spirit is not in you, he promised to leave us his peace. And there is a restlessness you're doing some things that you probably shouldn't be doing. You're not really getting fed too much and stuff. Part of that is you might be listening to other voices. Because only he can lead us to the pasture. You might be able to get some little scraps of something out there doing your own thing, but it's going to dry up quick. And you won't be able to get it. So we need to know the master's voice. One of the ways that we do that, certainly, is that when you are born again, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you and begins to speak to your spirit, spirit to spirit. Just like when you were naturally born, 
First voice you heard was your mother's, probably from within the side of her stomach. And when you get out, that's definitely one of the voices you recognize first. The same thing. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. We begin to recognize His voice. And it's funny, He's never in a hurry. To me, He's never in a hurry. And there certainly isn't like a panic. Sometimes there's an urgency to, hey, let's get going here. He's Lord of all time and eternity. The enemy will always seem to kind of want to rush you along. And when you are making rushed decisions, coupled with a little bit of fear and stuff, you can be sure that is not him. Not at all. My sheep know my voice. They know it. I call them by name. Another way we can hear from the Lord, certainly through His Word. You need to be eating every day from this. Just like the Israelites, every morning they gathered what? They gathered manna. This is our manna. Jesus is the manna. He is the bread that came down out of heaven. Let Him open these scriptures to you. And the scriptures all speak of Him. We receive a greater revelation of who He is. He's got to increase so that we can decrease. I hope you guys heard that too. Okay. <laughs> Voices this last week and beeps this week. All right. Finally, one of the ways, I think a third way we can hear is to be in fellowship. Oh, he's going back to the law and he's being legalistic. There are things that you can receive while you're here in fellowship with one another in groups of believers that you will not be able to receive by yourself. You will not. You can still get fed, and I believe there are times for you to be by yourself. Maybe a little sabbatical. If the Lord is calling you to that, that's wonderful. But he, won't, he will not keep you that way. He has made us for relationships. And as you know, one of my favorite sayings, relationships are hard. But life is relationships. It is. We need each other. Especially the weird ones. You need to belong. You have to. <clears throat> but I, <laughs> I heard that. We're not all made the same. Thank God. I know a lot of people, especially in the world, it gets preached so much about diversity. And at one time, I remember when I was younger, diversity was actually something the world preached. sounded pretty Close to what it was in the Bible. Everyone really enjoying and respecting and honoring the differences in other people. But now, in a short period of time, the definition has changed radically. It's like, you guys have all got to be alike. You can try to be diverse. It's like, if you step out of line, watch it. You're a hate-filled whatever 
claustrophobe. The world is always changing. God does not. Ever. He's not a man that he should lie. So, continue. Please continue. To stay in fellowship. If not here, that's okay. Somewhere else. I ran into one person who was here, part of our fellowship for a while, and he's going somewhere else. And he just said how much he enjoyed being here and stuff. And I remember something rose up in me. It's like, just for a second. He's like, well, why don't you just stay? But then something else rose up in me that was from the Lord. And I said, you know what? The place where you're at right now, put down roots. Because the man who's the, the pastor of this church, he's a much better shepherd than I am. <laughs> it's okay. You, I'm a good shepherd, too. Don't worry. <laughs> but he's a mature guy. And... You know, I pray, and he's, you know, he was going on about how he needed to, you know, do his ministry, and he just wanted, you know, like an audience for people for him to hear what the Lord has shared with him. And I said, that's great, but you got to put down roots. You got to belong somewhere. You got to be accountable to someone. You just, you have to. I mean, being born into a family doesn't that just naturally occur, though? I should have written this bigger. It's on my old police thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I got to that part. Good. So, being a Christian and maturing and growing up. And there's a couple stories I want to share. Some of them you may have heard before. Some of them you may not have heard. But just hear me out. So, you guys know I'm a, a big fan of uh, Larry Pons. I was part of that ministry at the end for about two and a half years. And uh, they had a lot of teachings on relationships and husband-wife relationships and children and how, to, how the family is supposed to operate. And this was years ago. Larry was telling me the story of a man that was in the back, kind of like where Peter was at. Recording like all the messages constantly. He was there for like a couple of years. And his time was up at the end. And they, you know, say farewell and stuff. And the man eventually got married and uh, had some kids. And Larry said that he got a call from him, you know, a couple of years after he's gone, almost in a panic. And he's like, Larry, what do I do? It's like, you know, my kids are out of order. My relationship with my wife is just like... Not what it should be and stuff. It's like, I, I don't know what to do. And Larry's like, you were there for two years. What were you doing back there when you were recording these messages? He goes, I was asleep most of the time. Let that sink in. Not that God can't redeem that. It's not a condemning word. All that time wasted when there was that opportunity to listen and sit at the feet of people who've been through it and you slept. I've been there too. 
I've wasted time. So I'm not too harsh on this guy. I didn't hear the rest of the story either about how all those things turned out. Let that be a warning. Here we go. And the story of the baker. Back when I was really young, so this is, I was 19, I went to a culinary school. You guys can see I'm very culinary. And there were three sections inside there. We had like a hot section that did like soups and sauces and meats and those type of things. And then we had a cold section that did like salads and sandwiches and those type of things. And we had a baking section. So you had to complete all three of these things in order to finish the course. Now, it was about a two-year course. And the baker, I can't remember his name, but he was the one that was in charge, this short little guy. He reminded me so much of uh, Chef Bordy. He had like, the same hat on and stuff. <laughs> Real nice guy. I mean, he had been a baker since he was, like, before he was a teenager. So he just knew so many things about pastries and breads and all the things. He'd run his own business for, like, 20-something years as well. So he told the story of when he was... Uh, running his own business, one of his bakers quit. So he put out an ad in the paper, and, excuse me, I'm okay. He put out an ad in the paper, and looking for a baker. So this guy sends his resume in, and he's looking over it, and he's like, 20 plus years of experience as a baker. This is great. Let's get this guy in there, because we need the help. So he brings the guy in, and he starts talking to him. The guy's like, yeah, I worked at this bakery, you know, blah, 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 20-plus um, years and stuff. And he's like, well, before we go into, you know, what you did and didn't do, come out here and show me what you, what you learned while you were there. So the guy goes out there. He's got, the, you know, the big butcher block with the, the flour on it. And he was telling us, hey, make this, make that. And the guy, like, knew almost little or nothing about how to make certain breads or pies or cakes. And so the guy is, like, mad. He's like, what? It's just you had 20 years' experience at a bakery. I mean, what kind of bakery was it? And come to find out, the guy had been going to a bakery. This is true. But it was, like, one of those automated ones. You know, like Pillsbury. And his job, nothing wrong working at Pillsbury or anything. It's a great place. But his job during that time was pressing a button. And then to come through, get the bread out, whatever it was that was coming out. And that was his job for 20-something years. Nothing wrong with hard work and doing those type of things. But in a spiritual aspect, can you hear what I'm saying? Do not be that person who just presses the button and just goes through automatic while you're here. Please do not. Please do not do that. You were bought with a price. Not to press a button or to try to be like everyone else. You were made with a specific destiny and a purpose. 
and one that does not end in this lifetime when you take your last breath or we get caught up in the air. It goes on. And what we do in this life, in this time, is going to determine that. So don't waste the time. All right. You guys still with me? All right. <clears throat> you guys can turn to Romans 14. You guys do realize, and I believe this in my heart, and I sense it in my spirit that we are in the last days. Thank God. There's going to be some things that are going to be coming up, though, that will shake you and me and everything around us. There's a purpose in that, too. Okay? Romans 14, starting with verse 7. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died, and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Go down a little bit more to verse 16. Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food, not vaccinations or not vaccinations, and drink for a holy day or not a holy day, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. It is good neither to eat meat or drink wine nor do anything by which your brother or sister stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. Do you have faith? That's a good question. Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he or she approves. For he who doubts is condemned. And if he eats because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. That is the word of God right there. God's word just clears things up. And it is that mighty, sharp sword that just divides. Through all the double talk that we hear all the time on the radio, or on the internet, or on the news, 
and just makes clear the truth of God. And it just becomes clear and concise. Hold on to these things. Don't let these little things that are going on around us make you stumble. One last thing on the COVID thing. And the Lord brought this to my remembrance because I love history. And you guys remember the bubonic plague. I think it was around, there's a couple different times that it happened throughout history, but around the 1350s in Europe, they said to about a third to maybe a half of the population was wiped out. They said there would be towns where they would be completely depopulated. Have we walked through that yet? And yet somehow, the faith of those believers still got them through that. We can mock and say, oh, they were in the dark ages, they didn't take baths, they didn't do that. And this, they endured probably one of the most horrific plagues of all time. And we're benefactors of that now. So be careful of who you make fun of. They were made of sterner stuff sometimes. God's doing it so he can build that into us as well. That we would not be shaken. Let's go to Titus. I'm wrapping this thing up. Titus chapter 1, starting verse 10. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be shut, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And one of their own prophets said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turned from the truth. Here it is in verse 15. Because to the pure, all things are pure. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. And you guys know that scripture, the pure in heart will see God. And this is the last section I want to talk about in the last days and it seems the Bible, as it always is, is so up to date that there are going to be mockers and scoffers saying, where is his coming? And you notice now in a lot of so-called news that's out there, it's like they have literal comedians on there giving the news. Is that not a testament to the time that we're in? 
mocking everything that is good, scoffers, blasphemers. Everything's just a joke to them. In the last days, there's going to be mockers and scoffers. We are in those days. Be careful that you don't pick up on this spirit. And I'm not saying don't have a sense of humor or laugh. There's a time to laugh. And there's a time to keep your mouth shut and be sober. Not everything is a joke. And these things and these people, they mock. They mock our faith and they mock God, help them. The living God in heaven with such blasphemy from these people, turn away. Just turn them off. Because it is a contagious thing to always want to look at the serious and the spiritual things and try to make a joke out of it. These guys do it constantly. Begin to pull away. Okay, you heard me. I had this guy come to me um, a little while ago. He doesn't belong to our fellowship. And uh, he's dying. He doesn't have much time left. And he asked me, he's like, so as a pastor, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Probably going to give you the wrong answer. But he's like, do you think taking the vaccination is the mark of the beast? And I was like, absolutely, it is not the mark of the beast. Okay, I don't know, where did you hear that? And he was like, well, on the interweb, you know. I just encourage him, just please be careful of the things that you, you read and stuff. It is not. But the Lord did quicken something in me, though. That the world right now is really pushing this thing. And causing a lot of division, especially in the church. And I know in Israel right now, um, they're getting ready, I guess, for their third inoculations. And the people who have not taken the third inoculation, they're going to be on a list. And they will not be able to go to their work or travel or do a lot of the normal things that normal people do every day. This does not mean it's the mark of the beast, but the tactics that are being used are a precursor for what's coming up. It is not. Let me repeat it. It is not the mark of the beast. Just like with Hitler. Hitler, during his time, when he was coming to power, he said the Third Reich is going to last a thousand years. Isn't that interesting? Because he had the spirit of Antichrist in him. He wasn't just a maniac. I believe that he was, he had some things in him. He's obsessed with the occult and the dark arts. Now, his kingdom didn't last a thousand years. It lasted seven years. Kind of like it says in Revelations, it last seven years. 
Now, he wasn't the Antichrist. He had an Antichrist spirit in him, though. I believe that. He went after the Jews and the Christians, mainly. And he did that a lot through subverting the church. In Germany up to that time, for the past 40 or 50 years up until World War II, a lot of theologians had started to discredit the Bible and what it stood for. That man was now the reasoning force behind interpreting the Bible until it became useless for the German people. And Hitler was able to use the church as a platform to get what he wanted. And as soon as he was done with them, threw them away. Off to the concentration camps they go. And a lot of brothers and sisters laid their lives down. So, just in the same way, I believe that I believe that was just dress rehearsal for what will be coming up. I just believe that in my heart. And we need to be careful that we not only hear the voice of the Lord, but listen and obey in these times that are coming up. That we don't lose heart. That we don't grow weary in doing good. Why does it say grow weary in doing bad? The people who are in leadership here, working with women, Bible studies, and other people who are working in the food room, men who are teaching God's word here during the week, and the deacons who help keep this place afloat, and watch over our finances, and the elders, we pray together, and I'm so thankful for them. Keep doing the right thing. Don't grow weary. Hold on to what you know is true. Okay? All right. Let's see here. Jack, I will never use this thing again. I promise. Yes, First Peter. All right. First Peter three. Start at verse 8. I love this. Let this be a benediction on all of you. Finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let them refrain their tongue from speaking evil and their lips from being deceitful. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord 
are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, Father, we pray that today these words would go deep. That you have already continued this maturing process that we might become like your son, Jesus. Help us not just to hear, but to listen and obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. Help us, Lord, to be obedient even with the small, tiny things that we know we should be doing. Give us the strength. Lord, help us to apply that cross to that thing that does not want to listen to you. That we might say your will be done. That we might be glorified with you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for these people. And I just pray that you would go with them during the week. Lord, just like Sarah was saying up here. Lord, that we would learn these things in our families. Lord, in the small things that we do during the week, as we mow the grass, as we patch a hole, as we go to work, we go outside these four walls. Lord, and be light and salt. For that's what you've called us to do. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Becky, do you want to come up and just... You don't want to play? Okay. Are you rebelling? (laughs) No. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. Yeah, if you need to pick up your children, please go do so. Um, If you need ministry, come on up. Uh, If you need to leave, please do so in a orderly fashion. I think Shoney's is closed down for good, guys, so I'm sorry.